everyone thank you for tuning into planet funk right here on 313.fm again got some awesome promo music in the background this one of course is by lastlings it's called no time it's the will easton remix uh just came out uh, a couple days ago on the third of this month and it is on the Astral Works label. Go support, go buy it if you like it. This one actually I, I really like. Kinda got a really driving beat behind it that you can dance to, but it's also got those uh, super nice flowy vocals that uh, you know you can just chill and relax and listen to the whole track on its own. So really good song. Again, like I said, it's uh, No Time by Lastlings, the Will Easton remix. Kinda melodic, kinda driving, kind of awesome. So tonight is going to be a little different. Uh, we are doing another guest mix. This one I am really excited about, though, because it is from a good friend of mine, maybe a good friend to many of you as well. Uh, he's not from the Detroit area, but he has spent much time here. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember him, Hattie Basha. So I had the, uh, the privilege of uh, catching up with him again, talking about all sorts of stuff, and uh, well, mostly a lot of catching up. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to try to cut the interview down to about 10 or 15 minutes, but there was just so much good stuff that we talked about. So uh, he sent me two recent tracks that he worked on uh, that I'm going to play in the background of the interview for everyone to hear. But because uh, I kept, I was kind of uh, slacking on uh, cutting the interview short. <laughs> I'm also going to play a couple random records in the background as well. But the, keep in mind, the first two that you hear are uh, new ones from Hattie Basha. Uh, I'm not sure if they're on his SoundCloud yet, but uh, if you want to follow him, he does give out the link in the interview. But it's uh, really easy. It's just Hattie Basha. His name, H-A-D-Y-B-A-S-H-A on SoundCloud. It's probably the best place to follow him for music. It's on Instagram as well. Yeah, but uh, I think we're going to get into this and uh, hope everyone uh, enjoys the interview as much as I enjoyed having it with him. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys his mix as well that he sent. I got a slamming 90-minute techno mix from him right after the interview, so... Make sure you stay tuned to that. And then uh, the last half of the show, I'm going to be playing some techno records. So I felt uh, 
one, it's most appropriate for what he's playing, and two, uh, going with the uh, a different genre every week. Uh, techno, I only really added in as a little extra at the end of the breaks week because I ran out of breaks records. <laughs> so I ended up uh, grabbing a few techno records, but I didn't really go through all my techno vinyl. So, yeah. Anyways, um, here is Hattie Basha. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Hattie Basha, straight from Beirut, Lebanon. Back to the homeland, back to Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say, you're uh, even though you're over in Lebanon, you are no stranger to the Detroit area. You were over here for, for quite a while. How long did you spend in Detroit? Because you're originally, I know you're originally whole, from Lebanon. A whole decade. The exact 10 years, one month, and nine days. Oh, wow. And so it's been like <laughs> almost that long since, since you've been back in... Uh, Beirut, right? Uh, yeah, it would be 10 more. In May 2021, it will be 10 years back in Beirut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm curious, being part of the electronic scene here, obviously, I mean, you were a huge part of the electronic scene while you were here in Detroit. Uh, definitely made a name for yourself in those 10 years. What, uh, What's the biggest difference, and I guess even some similarities between the Beirut scene and the Detroit scene? Well, both of them has their pros, you know, and their cons. The Detroit scene is pretty much the most educated crowd you can play techno for, you know. It's a whole joy to play techno. I mean, you'd go in front of a thousand people crowd and maybe like 10 of them are just normal people and 990 are, are, are techno educated it, it's Detroit it's the cradle of techno it's it's the pride and joy of Detroit you know in Beirut um, they like a little mellowy techno like some melodic stuff although the party here in Beirut is totally different than Detroit because in Beirut actually the party like the headlining set would be 2 a.m. till 4 a.m. you know the party starts at 12 midnight, it ends at 12 noon the next day. So the party as a party, as a party scene, it's really fun. It's really, you pretty much just unwind. You you let it all out before you go home. While in Detroit, if you are a fan of the music, if you're a fan of techno, Detroit is the place for you because there's pretty much impossible to hit up a techno event in Detroit and have one boring track. While, as you know me, I'm a, I'm a 128 BPM and up. Anything less is kind of boring for me. But with that being said, there's a lot of great DJs here in Beirut. Not as much as Detroit. I mean, here there's about eight or nine great techno DJs that I have full respect for. Other than that, um, yeah. Oh, plus uh, Detroit peeps. It's legally to drink in the streets in Beirut, so you can grab your beer and walk around with it. One thing I was I was, I was noticing, I, I was kind of creeping your pictures on on Facebook a bit. I saw, and this is 
maybe with the exception of after hours in Detroit, I noticed this was a kind of a big thing because I saw you slotted for a lot of closing sets, which is kind sure. of kind of foreign in Detroit where, you know, usually you have someone opening for the headliner, but I noticed over there because the, the events are going so much later, uh, you'll have, you know, an opener and then the headliner. And I even, I saw a few, you were on with some, uh, some pretty big names, Jerry Corston and stuff, but you played a lot of the flyers I saw, the closing set. And I'm curious, what is the vibe of that closing set? Because you're not really building up the energy to the um, headliner. Are you are you trying to carry that energy on, or are you kind of like bringing it back down as people are getting ready to leave? Like, what is the to you like? What is the closing set? Because that's kind of like I said, like a foreign concept here in Detroit. True, true. I've 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 struggled a little bit about this in Lebanon when I came here because I am used to the 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. opening uh, clubbing hours, if you want to call it. So, as you said, there was a two-hour opening set for the, you know, opening DJ, and then the headliner takes over 12 midnight till 2 a.m., and then the club shuts down. While in Beirut, I told you the party starts at 12 a.m. and ends at 12 noon the next day. So, to add to the weird scenario that you're talking about, there's actually a warm-up set, then an opening set, then the headlining set, and then the closing set. The headliner takes over pretty much, like I said, from around 2 a.m. until like 4, 5 a.m. The job of the closing DJ is carry on the energy and even one-up it. Because, as you know, the headliner is a famous guy. A lot of people came to see him, but pretty much the freaks, the techno freaks, stay after the, the headliner leaves. So you are left with a raw techno crowd that loves to stay until 9, 10 a.m., 12 a.m., uh, 12 noon, I'm sorry. So my job is to pretty much take over from after the headliner and just keep playing. And sometimes it takes three to four hours as a closing set. I usually get my cue from the bar staff telling me like, we gotta go home, dude. I'm like, yeah, just give me half an hour. I'll tone <laughs> down the music so I can, you know, just took these people on a ride and you're just gonna let them down easy until they go home satisfied. Well, I know, unfortunately, <laughs> there hasn't been any uh, closing sets for you in the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been now since since probably March is when you guys probably went on lockdown as well. True, we went actually in, um, yeah, March the 1st. And oddly enough, my birthday was the second week of March, March 13th. So Oof, we shut rough. down two days before my birthday, those assholes. I, I had a... Uh, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, it's for a good reason. It's not. Yeah, like, no, I mean, it, it sucks because yeah. you're one... one part of you is going you know dang it you know i really could have used that gig or that time uh, off but then you're like well it's for a good thing so i can't really complain i i had for a, me for me yeah for me playing a gig is is self-satisfactory it's it's self-rewarding i enjoy you know seeing those people in front of me and what what drives me uh what gives me that that, that drive that that insane energy is when you play a track and the whole crowd responds insanely with it and you feel satisfied inside that you just gave them something they came for. Like they've worked so hard all week and now they just want to let it all out on this day in these like whatever amount of time you got with them. And just 
once you see them unleash all the energy, you're so happy, you're so satisfied, you gave that to them. And unfortunately, it's been since February till today, I haven't played one gig because of coronavirus lockdown. Wow. Yeah, I had a uh, an $800 gig at a Irish bar, and the, the lockdown happened literally the day before St. Patrick's Day, their biggest day of the year. <laughs> so not only did I feel bad for myself losing out on $800, I felt bad for the bar because they probably lost out on thousands. You know, that's the, that's the biggest day of their biggest day of their year. But I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen once this clears up in like the first few events. I mean, are people going to die at them? All this pent up I'm like dancing? There, I'm, I'm predicting. Yeah, yeah, I'm predicting a full on slot on on parties and like 100 percent, 120 percent turnout because people just like I've get I've gotten text messages, Facebook, Instagram calls. When's the next party? When are you doing the next party? Even like when I promoted this set, the guest set on your show, I had people call me thinking it was actually a real party. Like when the hell? What, what, where? Where? I'm like, guys, on the radio, chill. We're not. We're not out there yet. <laughs> I, I'm, people, I'm curious. People, what? Yeah, people are waiting for that day. I, I'm, I'm curious because I I talked with a few artists about their opinions and everything. Um, what is your opinion on like people that are kind of throwing these underground, I guess, illegal events right now? And do you think there is a way to do it safely now? Or if uh, not, what do you think is the best way to kind of start opening things in the future safely? Um, I, I really thought of that car thing, uh, the car, you know, where the DJ plays on stage and there's a bunch of cars and everybody is right by their car. Everybody's about six or seven feet away from the next person. This is good. I mean, you're doing it safely. You're doing it correctly. I mean, so it's almost like a, a drive-in theater, yeah. but with a DJ? Yeah. Huh. It was pretty much like that. And everybody just stayed close to their car. And it was good. I liked it. The idea was great. I mean, whatever you got to do to stay safe, I understand the pent-up energy. I understand you feeling the need to go out and do that stuff. But stay safe at the same time, you know? Right. Um, so I, I do like know. the idea of the cars because I've, I've seen a lot of socially distanced quote. You know, it's they're, they're almost just using it as a buzzword at this point. Um, uh -huh. But like the socially distanced parties, uh, which, you know, once you get in the grounds, they, they distance you. You know, some of them have ropes and stuff. But trust my, me, yeah, my, trust me, for, for a Detroit techno scene, it should not be a problem. Because if I can remember correctly, many of these people just find their sweet spot in that club or whatever venue it is. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't talk to me. You know, I'm just I'm just yeah. dancing by myself. <laughs> but but what I what I do like the, the idea about that uh, the car thing is is my concern isn't so much distancing people when they're in the event, but what about like the queues, the lines when they're in line? I mean, you're standing right next to the person. I mean, you you, you do get like there the is, tapes and no, stuff. No 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 no. But there the car is no thing. Queue. There is there is no line for that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, that's what I like, like about the car in. thing. You can yeah. you can just drive stay in your car. And, exactly. You yeah. go into into a parking lot with your car. You go. It's pretty much like a drive-in theater, movie theater. Yeah. You drive in with your car and you park in a designated area for you. That is 
about six feet away from the next car that's gonna park. Yeah, that's... And you just stay there, stay like go on roof on the rooftop, go on the on the hood, go on your trunk, stay around your car, stay inside with whoever you're with. Have yeah, some see, fun. that's that's what I like about, about it is yeah. it, it eliminates that because yeah. that's my major concern with a lot of these events is they might distance you once you're in the grounds, but the line to get in seems like it would be the biggest area spreading. Um, whereas if you stay in your car, you're, you're a little more safe. No, you drive in, you're driving yeah. in with your car. So there is pretty much no line for you to stand in. You're, yeah. in, you're in the safety of your car. What do you do? Uh, are you allowed to BYOB, do you know? What's that? BYOB, like, can you bring your own alcohol and stuff and snacks? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. eliminates even, it's you actually, know, people at the bar it's, and it's, stuff. Yeah, it's, 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 there is no bar. Bring your own, like, have your own cooler in the car, put whatever the hell you want, food, drinks, water, whatever you want. And just stay to yourself, enjoy the music, dance your ass off, and go home. Now I'm going to gonna switch gears a little bit if people like what they hear tonight is there anywhere where they can follow you well there is some stuff i post on my uh, soundcloud it's soundcloud.com slash hadibasha one word h-a-d-y-d-a-s-h-a that's pretty much where i post my things i'm not really that heavy poster on soundcloud you know it's just whatever sets or whatever tracks i'm working on i just post some sneak peeks facebook as well now do you have any online shows or anything that you're playing uh not really no Uh, i kind of you know you didn't jump on the bandwagon (laughs) no 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 i i mean you're a dj as well brent um do you know that you feed off the energy of the crowd in front of you what am I going to feed off the wall? It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it is It is a totally different feeling playing a, uh, yeah. a, a virtual or online event. I do a good set when I'm enjoying it. If I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it. Right. The one thing I uh, I miss about being at Urban Bean versus just in the basement by myself is uh, – when it was Urban Bean, it was cool because it was broadcast, but it was also a spot that people would come out. You know, we'd have people dancing behind the DJ and stuff, so you did get that. Even though True. you were playing to mostly a crowd online, you had a crowd of people in the in the studio exactly. with you hanging out. You came out, you came out with a couple of friends, and I came out with a couple of friends, and this guy came out with a couple of friends, and we had just had a party. You know, it's true we were playing for like 10, 15 people, but as but it gave you some energy. How about? In the uh, the near future, do you have any new music you're working on? I I am. Uh, here's my problem. It's not actually a problem. It's not my problem. It's a problem that put itself. I've had a lot of time with the COVID nineteen lockdown to work on some new stuff. And you know, as a producer, <laughs> you get that block, the producer block, where you just. Uh, don't know where to go with that track and you end up with six or seven unfinished ones so that that's where where i am right now <laughs> i got like seven good 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 ones well the first three minutes of them are really good and just don't know how to how to continue with them now uh what what else have you been up to uh for for people that are tuning in that knew you while you were here in detroit i'm sure there a lot of people are kind of curious what you've been up to over there because i know you you said you you've been pretty busy because 
uh, you were actually your work was kind of affected by what happened there in uh, Beirut recently. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. So I can l let me just tell everything in sequence, and we'll get to the Beirut explosion. Like a lot of people, me and Kenneth Thomas, uh, rollerblade, you know, aggressively and religiously. So for those who didn't know, I am aggressive rollerblader. That I skated a lot and did a whole crew here, taught a lot of people, which was really nice. And we just did a, we just had a big click. Yeah, I saw and, there was um, even uh, posts and videos and stuff of you like teaching yeah, young kids yeah, how yeah. to skate it's, and it, stuff like, too. Like music, DJing and producing and skating are, are like just hand in hand. They're twins with me. Like sometimes I'm, I'm in a dilemma. Should I skate today or just make some music, you know? I love both so much. And as for work, I work with the equivalent of DDE Energy. And my job is substations here in Lebanon. It's a different system than the US, but we work with 11K volts and 20K volts and just transform them into the normal voltage to use to be used at home. So that's a hectic job, if you want to call it, and dangerous as well. Family. But Hattie just laughs uh, in the face of danger, don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got four nieces and nephews that are here in Lebanon, and one nephew who is half Taiwanese, half Lebanese, who is outside of Lebanon, Taiwan. So those four alone can be a handful. <laughs> and, you know, with work and skating and family and, and everything and partying and, and, and music, I have pretty much a full schedule, full spontaneous schedule, if you want to call it. I never plan anything for that day, but a lot of things happen and end up being a hectic day. And that's pretty much the life in, in Lebanon and Beirut in particular. You just don't have a boring day. You always have something to do. Leading up to the Beirut explosion, my job, my, the building that I go out from is half a mile away from the blast site. and. It was pretty much destroyed. And my house is less than a mile away from the other side, opposite side of my job. So I had some shattered glass at home. I wasn't home when it happened. I was actually down with some friends just having some espresso in the street when it happened and we just... I, I saw you actually posted it, some uh, yeah. surveillance footage. Exactly. In the beginning, there was an earthquake. And, and oddly enough, we were down there because there was a house fire. We were just watching paramedics in the, in the fire department working in our area, in our block. And then an, I felt an earthquake and just stood up. I just wanted to get away from that building because, you know, when, when an earthquake happens, just go into a clear area. And as I was turning, and I see this big, big mushroom cloud. Well, it was forming to be a mushroom cloud. It was like a bright color. And then I see the big ball, the shockwave, the white shockwave forming and just turned my back. And I'm like, I hope I die quick. I don't suffer because I felt like I'm gonna die. You know, the size of the ball is, is just, I mean, I can't describe it with words. And my sister works about less than half a mile away from the blast zone. She was at work. Thank God that day she was put in charge of, uh, in her job, she was put in charge of the safe underground. So she was just being by the safe and everything and doing her work. When the blast happened, a lot of 
like the, the ground floor was demolished. Underground, there's just like something fell falling down, everything. And she went under the table and everything. So I got on my, I got a little motorcycle, like 125 cc motorcycle. I just got on it and just like five minutes after the explosion and just went there to my sister's job site. And on the way there, uh, the the scene is just unbelievable. I mean, whatever you see in a movie can like fade in comparison to what real life is. Shattered glass all over. You're not driving on asphalt anymore. It's all shattered glass. The smoke, the dust, and I've seen a limb. I've seen just a hand from the shoulder to the fingers. That's it. With no, no, nobody attached to it. So there were so many like wounded people and, and dead people in the street. And I went and checked on my sister and she's okay. And I told her, let's go. She said, I can't leave until the, the CEO comes for the safe. And I asked her, how long is that going to take? And she said, about an hour. I'm like, okay, I've seen a lot of injured people. I'm going to start shipping people to the hospital on my motorcycle. When you're ready, just give me a call. And I ended up taking about 12 injured people to the hospital before I was able to take my sister home. Her car was totaled anyway. But miraculously, my family was not injured. I took some kind of debris. I don't know what the hell it was. It hit me by the side of the eye and I had a swollen eye for a week and that's pretty much it. But it hits you like the explosion happened at 6.07 p.m. It hit me at night when I was going to bed that that road that I take every day, the commute to work back and forth, would put me about 50 meters away from the blast site at one point. And if that explosion happened at any time other than 6 p.m., it would have been a massacre because, you know, here 5 p.m., everybody goes home, you know. The port itself, the docks have about house about 3,000 workers and they leave at 5 p.m. And you could just imagine what a big massacre it would have been, like the traffic on the, on the highway right by the port and all the businesses that are still open. It would have been a much bigger massacre. Thank God it happened at a time where everybody was home. I guess my, my next question would be, uh, because you would probably know better than anyone uh, if there are people still looking to help with the situation, do you know of any charities or anything that people can reach out to? I don't advise any kind of charity because if you don't know by now, Lebanon is ran by corrupt politicians and corrupt whatever you want to call them, charities. It's been it's been like people to people, if you want to call it. I had I told you like we, ha we have a skate crew here and Daniel John is a teacher who used to teach here in an American school for two years and his contract was up two years ago and he left to Austria and I'm really good friends with him we hang out a lot and we speak a lot he's from California uh, Cali by the way so he reaches out and he asks me you know I'm gonna send you some money would you would that be okay just you know help out with everything and me and a few guys here are my friends we go out and you know try to help out physically like labor and financially whatever we can and i had friends from canada dana shout out to dana and daniel john by the way dana actually sent also a very generous amount straight to my account and i just take the money and go for example if there's a house that has been damaged what we try to do is 
close, I mean, it's a wide open house now, you know, no windows, no doors, no nothing. So we get the family into the bedrooms, their bedrooms. We, we put doors that has locks and we put windows for them and whatever, you know, we can help out. We just make livable, you know, so they don't have to street, you know, sleep in the street and medication stuff to rebuild the house and that's what's been going on so if you're if you know a lebanese person in lebanon and you want to help out do not reach out to a charity or the government reach out to that person directly and trust me i've seen i mean i've seen the usa here on the ground i've seen these guys work and the netherlands people the danish people there are people from all over the world that are working hand in hand with us and so much appreciation and love goes out to these people. Just keep it people to people. That's all I can advise to, you know. That's the advice I could give you. Don't trust anybody, any organization or, or charity, whatever. I have bad experience with these people. I'm sure people are gonna think I'm anti-social or something. <laughs> I thought you were. I've known you for ten years. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> me anti—you've known me for ten years, dude. I'm anti-social. Yeah, it's been—it's been nine and a half years away from Detroit, and the, every person that I've met there, uh, much love and much support to you. Uh, I miss you guys all. Uh, we had we had some some of the greatest times in our lives, the most amazing memories. Detroit is not a city. Detroit is a state of emotions. Like you can live on the moon and still feel attached and still feel the Detroit love. You know, Detroit is not a it is not a place that I lived in. Detroit is a place that lived in me. You know, it's funny. I, it's I always still, tell people, it's, it's, I'm yeah, like, it's still alive in me. My my, my friend Hattie, who's uh, not even originally from Detroit and doesn't currently live here is probably the most Detroit person I know. Dude, <laughs> Thousands of miles I away. Mean, <laughs> He's yeah, the most yeah, Detroit yeah. person I, mean, I know. <laughs> you just you just you just walk in the city and there's a lot of injustice in the Detroit reputation. It's there's I can't explain it with words to be honest with you. Detroit is is something you feel if I can say that. I mean from the first moment I stepped foot in it, I went to New York, I went to Chicago, I went to LA, and I went, I went all over. Nothing made me feel that that, that that magic, that whatever the hell Detroit has that drags you to it, man. No other city had. New York and it's all its might and beauty faded like four days later, I was bored. I, I wanted to be back in Detroit. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for just crossing path in my lifetime. You've left the print and I appreciate every single person in Detroit that I've met. And I appreciate the city as a city. Like I said, you don't live in Detroit. Detroit lives in you. Maybe because Detroit has tons of similarities with similarities with Beirut. Yeah, I, I think that's the reason because I've always told my friend, the difference between Beirut and Detroit is that in Detroit they speak English. Hey, what's going on everybody? So apparently I gotta I gotta fix my <laughs> looping settings on uh, VLC. Anyways, uh, huge thank you 
to Hattie Basha for sitting down and talking with me. Uh, I had an awesome time catching up with him. It has been far too long. Uh, up next, though, as promised, we have a, a very awesome banging techno mix from the man himself. So stay tuned. That is up next.
Thank you.
who's doing something for the house of God. I need at least a hundred of you listening now. The right man sent $50 or more this week. Beautifying God's house.
garbage out there. I just want you to be as miserable as they are. I say let them have it.
Say a huge thank you to Hedy Basha for giving that mix. Uh, if you missed the interview again, make sure to uh, check out the archive of this show in a couple minutes. I'm going to see what I can do with some techno records, try to follow up this mix. Thanks again for tuning in.
Boom and bang. 
I think I should get out among your people. Become familiar with the face, 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 face,
Shouts out to Rebecca Goldberg on this record. Check her out if you don't know her. She makes awesome technos. She's local to Detroit. Yeah, trucker's hot.
going to end the show on this record. It's by a homie of mine, Mazeppa Cast Corridor. Good record. It's out on Motec if you want to get it. Snag it up. I'm sure there's still copies at Threads. Support Threads. It's a great record shop. Um, it's actually the last time I hung out with this guy was at Threads. Anyways, I want to say huge thank you to Hedy Basha for providing an awesome guest mix as well as a really interesting interview um if you missed it the interview and only heard the mix or if you tuned in late and missed his mix check it on the archives download.313.fm or just go to our website and click the archive mixes or just subscribe to us on itunes and it'll automatically send you the new mixes as they come also huge thank you to our past host urban bean co in grand trunk pub and can't think of enough, the guy responsible for hosting all those 10 plus years of downloads, Mr. Jeff of Doom. Thank you everyone for tuning in and good night. <laughs>